Welcome to the Coaching Ignited podcast. I'm your host, Alex Povey. It's great to have you here. This show is all about peeling back the curtain on what's going to help you build the fitness business you truly want. And each week, we bring on a new guest to share their stories, insights, and strategies so you too can take action and apply what you learn. The podcast is released every Wednesday on all the major platforms, including Spotify and iTunes. So make sure you go give that a subscribe, guys. Now, if you're a personal trainer in a commercial gym with 500 plus members and you want to fast track your income growth and learn how to sign multiple new clients a week, reach out to me personally through Facebook or Instagram and just drop me a private message so we can get the conversation started and see if you could be a good fit for one of our programs. All the links to my social can be found in the show notes so you can connect with me there. Now let's get into this week's episode. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, we have got an awesome show in store for you today. We've got Rosh Johnson. Now, Ross is a 27-year-old serial entrepreneur dedicated to teaching coaches and consultants how to grow their online businesses. And his trajectory is anything but typical. He went from being a broke personal trainer to building $2 million businesses in just four years. And Ross has helped hundreds of people grow their businesses too. He's been featured in Forbes, Inc. and The Entrepreneur. And when we recorded this podcast, he was doing a podcast marathon of 24 shows in 24 hours. So really interesting show. Lots to learn from Ross. He's got a wealth of experience when it comes to building a business. So this is going to be a really valuable episode for everyone listening. Uh, If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. And uh, if you want to be included in the giveaways that we do, leave a review and send me a screenshot. And uh, yeah, I'll be sure to include you when I do the draws and do the giveaways. All right, let's get into this week's episode. I want to welcome you on the show, man. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Excited to be here. So this is going to be an interesting one for anyone listening. This is a little bit unusual. We've got Ross on today and Ross is doing something a little bit crazy when it comes to podcasting. He's hopping around everyone's podcast and doing 24 shows in 24 hours. I believe we're on the 20th show now. And he's, yep. and he's telling me he's in good, good condition. He's happy. He had a good night's sleep <laughs> and he's still going. But I'm intrigued, man. Tell us, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing 24 shows in 24 hours? Where did this idea come from? What's the, what's the purpose? What's the objective here? Yeah. So I, you know, I do a lot of stuff on social media. Uh, I think we've been connected for a little while, so you probably know that. Um, and I think, you know, the way I look at things, I think it's a little bit different than other people. I try to look at outside industries and I try to pull information from outside industries into my industry. Cause I think there's a lot of industries they've proven things and they're proven things there and they're very well known there, but they're not well known in our industry. And one of the things I noticed is that people, they sit down on their phone, they're watching TV and they sit down on their phone. Like they put their phone in front of the TV. It's like, it's like Instagram, Facebook, it's all interchangeable with television. You're a media platform, you're a media channel. You're like the news, you're like your own TV show. And if that's true, then I should probably be entertaining. (laughs) You know, if people are watching me instead of the TV, I better be, I better be pretty fucking entertaining. So I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm going to start doing some podcasts. I want to get on some podcasts. This will be fun. And I was just like, you know, what's a, what's a crazy way to do that in a way that other people will think is exciting and interesting. And so it's like a little social media stunt. You know, I said, well, I'll make it an event. I'll just do 24 in 24 hours. I bet I could probably do that. 
And, you know, I told a couple of people about it. And then uh, someone I know who at Entrepreneur Magazine was like, well, if you're going to do that, I'll write about it. I'll interview you afterwards and we'll talk about it on there. And I was like, all right, this is like kind of a thing now. <laughs> so I better post about it. And uh, yeah, I got them booked up real quick. Like I think in like three or four days I had, I actually have more than 24 shows booked, but uh, tw- we got the 24 in, an, in a row, um, which is kind of what I really wanted. Uh, but then people were like, well, I can't make it that day. So <laughs> let's book it for later. So I actually ended up getting more than that. But yeah, I just thought, you know, be entertaining, be fun, uh, turn into a little event online, people, something that people could get interested in, you know? And now I vibe with that totally. And like, there's so many people like putting out content and media online is sometimes hard to stand out, right? It's hard to, yeah. to cut through the noise because everyone is smashing the market, like hitting Facebook, hitting Instagram with their podcasts, with their content, with their posts, with their copy. And like you said, it's sometimes difficult to stand out unless you're willing to do things that other people are not willing to do so that you get the things that other people don't get. Right. We, we know that, right. If you put, if you push the boundary, you, you get the fruit, you get the fruit and you get the exposure. And it's interesting. Like you and I are chatting about it right now because I'm intrigued. I'm a podcaster myself. I'm doing all these shows and I record like three a week, but to think of doing 24 and 24 hours is like, Hmm, this guy's, this guy's got something about him where he's willing to do something that other people are not doing. And I can see how that brings you attention. But also like you said, entrepreneur want to give you some exposure off the back of it. Cause you're doing something that's above average. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, you nailed it, man. A lot of people are putting out the same stuff. They're doing the same things. They're getting the same result. You know, and if you want to get a different result, you got to be interesting. And I think that's one of the things that I think is lacking from the social media space in general. There's so much how-to content out there, how to lose weight, how to gain muscle, how to make money, how to find a niche. Like we have Google, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and like how-to content is great for letting people know that you know what you're talking about but it's not ultimately why people are going to buy from you. And it's not ultimately why people are going to connect with you. They're going to connect with you through your stories, who you are, who you are, right? There's like doing, and then there's like being, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are focused on what's the strategy that I do. And I'm like, dude, it's called becoming successful. It's a being, you know, you got to be successful. You got to act that way and you got to carry yourself in a different way. And you know, this, it's like, it's just different than when you're starting out. You're just a different person now. Totally agree. And you, you evolve over time. And I, I saw something in one of your recent posts, actually. Don't know when it was, but you were talking about like courses and programs and anyone that's super educated knows about like, you can just plug into these programs. You can buy courses. You can get consulting from Sam Evans, Traffic and Funnels, all these providers. But you were alluding to something different in one of your posts around personal branding, which gives you a different leverage point to success. It's kind of what you said a minute ago about like personality and who you are, people buying into you and what you do. And I I read your content. I think that's why I started following you and reading your stuff because like you're a good copywriter if you write that copy. Mm. Yeah, I write it. (laughs) Yeah, because I was reading it, I'm like, hmm, this guy, guys like putting time into this copy and it makes sense and it's like thought-provoking some of it's polarizing he's challenging the status quo so like copy i was like yeah fuck with that i want to read more of it and so (laughs) 
I started following you and listening to your stuff and what you were saying. But you you not only have good copy, but you also have good branding. So like high quality yeah. images, everything looks good, polished. You, you can tell you're putting like time and care into your brand and your yeah. image and your online persona because that transpires into having more opportunities, more success, or people looking at you and wanting to be the same way or live the same type of lifestyle. And that's your personal brand that you've cultivated. Let's wrap yeah. on that for a second. Why is this important for anyone listening? Yeah. So, you know, it's really interesting, you know, you're in the coaching space, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a coaching thing. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, in, in our space and in the entrepreneur space, there's like this bad taste in people's mouth around college, right? Did you go to college? Yeah. Uh, we call it university. So university. university yeah. 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 All right. I didn't. I think, and I was against it for a long time. And I think, you know, Gary V kind of riffs on it. And like a lot of people are kind of like negative about university. And the thing is, there's an enormous amount of information there that like cannot be ignored. And college professors or or university professors are, are sometimes very intelligent. It's sometimes boring, but it's like this polar worlds, right? It's like, it's almost like, the online entrepreneurs are like the degenerate, like trying to get by with like the cheat codes and all this stuff. And then the call like university professors are like, it's just different. It's like more academic. And I, I try to look at things unbiased. And so what I've learned about branding over the years is like, you know, I look at people who are in my programs and, you know, no one has a hundred percent success rate. And so I wonder like, man, why, why didn't that person get results when they did exactly what this person did? And, you know, 20 people did this and they got results and this person didn't. Mm. And I think it does come down to branding on a deeper level. I think it comes down to status, perceived status. And we can talk about that later, but from branding perspective, there's something called self congruity theory, and it's not something probably most entrepreneurs in our space know what it is. Um, because it's like an academic term and it's a theory. People don't study branding theory. Um, usually they learn branding from other entrepreneurs and it's just all the same circulated information. So basically what self congruity theory says is the more similar the brand's self image is to the customer's self image, the more likely the customer is to buy from that brand. So everyone can imagine you know, who would buy something for Abercrombie and Fitch or uh, everyone can imagine something someone would buy from, you know, like a person who would ride in a Jeep with huge tires and the roof cut off with an American flag flying in the back. Like we kind of can imagine the guy who would drive that. Right. And it's because those things are very particular and the self image of the customer aligns with it. Now to take it one step further people perceive themselves in three ways. There's three selves that you see in yourself, your past self, your current self, and your future self. Your current self is something you're trying to get away from. Your future self is your ideal self. You know, because if I asked you like, hey man, are you trying to improve your life right now? You'd be like, yeah. Which means like, you're not at your ideal self yet. No one's really ever at their ideal self. And so what happens is what a lot of people do with customer avatar work and niching and all this stuff that is very prominent in our space and is very is very taught because it's like a tried and true thing everyone needs to do. I think it's actually being taught like almost inappropriately or there's not enough context around it because people are like, go learn about your customer's problems and relate to them. 
And so what happens is people end up crafting their brand self-image, their personal brand, in the image of where their customer is now, their current self, which is something they're trying to get away from. So I see it all the time. Like people will be like, I'm a binge eating coach or I'm a fitness coach. And I just, I didn't go to the gym all weekend and I ate like shit and like, don't worry. Like, you know, I mess up too. It's like, people don't want to see that from you, man. Like, that's like me telling you that I'm broke. Hey, you want to learn how to make money for me? Last, last weekend, my bank account went down to zero, but don't worry. It happens. You know, that's bad. That's, it's bad. It's not authority. So what you actually want to do is align your personal brand self-image with the customer's ideal self-image. It's called mm. aspirational branding. And so everyone's always trying to figure out this like thing right online. They're like, how do I stop chasing leads, man? How do I get the leads to come to me? Well, the way you get leads to come to you and to pull to you is by them aspiring to be you, by you having what they have. And you can see this online happening on its own by accident. If you ever see you know, beautiful influencers who are like, oh, I don't know how I got 500,000 followers. It was just an accident. It just happened to me. And they're like some beautiful girl with like a really tiny waist and like really long hair. And like, you know, tons of girls are following her. Like, wow, her lifestyle is amazing. I want to be like her. I want her body. And the girl's just like posting images, doesn't know what she's doing. And then all of a sudden she's like, I have this huge audience. Like people are asking me about my body and how I got here and like how I got in shape. Should I create a program? Like, I don't even know what to teach. And like, I used to run an Instagram agency. So like, I know this is like a thing that happens to people. And the reason why that happens is because that person accidentally was so in alignment with a, a core group of people's ideal self, like they aspired to be like this girl, they wanted to be like her, that they all followed her and they're all like, how did you do that? How did you do that? Because they think it's a doing thing. When meanwhile, this girl was just born that way or whatever, you know, and she just has those friends and has that life. So people are aspiring to be her. And then if she did want to create a program and say, this is how you live my life, this is how you get my body, it would just sell like crazy. And so that's what I'm doing. I am the brand because cho I chose to be a personal brand. I didn't choose for my business to be the brand. I chose to be a personal brand. And so what I'm doing is just practicing good branding theory by showcasing that I have all the things that people desire. I'm traveling. I'm in Egypt. I'm doing Valentine's Day under the Eiffel Tower. I have money. I drive cars. Like I have freedom. I'm doing fun stuff. Like I live a life on my own terms. You know, I'm trying to be entertaining. I'm telling funny stories. I'm relatable. You know, I was where you were, but now I'm not. And you can get here too. You know, I'm inspiring people. And they're all aspiring to have those things. Mm. So I don't really have to chase leads around. They're all like, dude, how did you do it? How did you do it? I want to be where you're at. And so it's a very, very powerful practice. Okay. I want to unpack this a little bit further because sure. uh, this is super interesting. We've never really gone into any depth on this show about this and, and the inner workings of what you're doing. Um, but there must also have to be a balance. I think you just alluded to it a second of normalizing that you are just a human being as well. And even though you're over here, up here in this desired situation that everyone wants to, to be in, you yeah. came from over here. Yeah. So you have to relate to some degree to your current 
situation of your client avatar? Yeah, you have to let them know that it's attainable. They have to understand that it's attainable because if you're just driving or, you know, you have to be relatable on some level because it, otherwise it's unapproachable. You know, if I'm driving around on a hundred foot yacht all day long and I'm like money, 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 like, you know, people are going to be like, all right, but like, I don't see the clear path. So I'm like, look, it spent four years failing a business. I did this. I did this. I almost like show. I don't even tell really. I just show through imagery that I have those things. It's an assumption. People can assume that about me. Oh, he's in Egypt. Oh, he's in Dubai. Oh, he's in Paris under the Eiffel Tower. Like he must be traveling. You know, I don't tell them like I'm traveling all the time and I'm a millionaire. Like that's like bragging. It's more about showing and then telling a story about how people can get there. It's like a beautiful girl on Instagram. She doesn't need to say that she's beautiful. You can see. Hmm. you know and it's like ty lopez is a master of this he's a master of it you know yeah. ty lopez is a master of his audience and his audience is men who feel insignificant because ty yeah. lopez is the most significant i got lamborghinis i got women all around me i got the biggest house i got the biggest blah 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 i'm always doing blah 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 i got all designer stuff Anyone who feels insignificant and needs to feel significant is going to follow Tal Lopez because all his audience wants to do is get out of their high school situation, get rich and roll up to their high school reunion in a Lamborghini and say, fuck you to everyone. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So he like epitomizes where every male wants to be. And I, and I say every, that's a sweeping statement. That's not true, but a good portion of the population who want yeah. to be successful, be wealthy, be surrounded by beautiful women. He's always interviewing like women or they're always in his stories yeah. and he's like sending subliminal messages. He's not like I hang around with hot chicks. You just you see, see the hot chicks. Dan Bilzerian does the same thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, which why is did why that guy he... get 20, 25 million followers all of a sudden? He is like the epitome. He's like the pinnacle example. It's like an overly exaggerated example of what most men want or mm that's the idea they like. I don't think a lot of them would actually, if you gave it to them, I don't think that they would actually do it. You know, it's funny. Uh, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's like, it's so many entrepreneurs when you're like becoming an entrepreneur, they're like, yeah, I want to travel, man. I can't wait to travel. We should totally travel when we become successful. And now I'm successful. Nobody wants to travel. Oh man, I'm busy. I'm like, dude, like you, like what? <laughs> they're just like, yeah, I'm just like busy. I'm like, dude, you have like a really successful company and like you have a lot of time. And they're like, yeah, but like, I don't know. It's just not a good time. And then they, they never actually do the things they said they got into it for, you know? And so it's funny. But, but on that point, don't you think people just get like comfortable and complacent with their current norms and they don't, they don't want to do anything that's like outside of, Comfort, because even traveling to a degree, you're moving around, you're going to different places. People like totally. the ideas of a lot of things, but then don't don't pursue that's them. And that's saying. okay. And that's okay. Like totally. I, I'm the same as you. I like traveling, so I'm going to Ibiza in ten days. I come Ooh. straight back, and then I'm going to Nepal. Then I'll it's come back. Cold and up I'll there, go, huh? What in Ibiza? Yeah. Nah. Isn't isn't that an August thing? I'm going in August. Nah, I, I'm not a party animal anymore. So I'm just going there because my business partner lives in Ibiza. And um, in, I'm in the UK. So the UK is cold. The UK is like sub 10 degrees. Ibiza will be like 20 degrees. You can get on the beach and get in the ocean. 
That's warm to me, uh, mate. Oh, oh, okay, Celsius. I'm in Europe. Celsius, Celsius, yeah, 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 I'm in Europe. On my 20 degrees Fahrenheit, bro. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> that's like, what is that? That's like snow. No, well, I was just in Paris and it's kind of, I don't know. It was cold there too. It was like 30, 30 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what it was in Celsius, but. But yeah, I, I'm down with the whole travel thing. But again, it's like that stuff does sell, whether we like it or not, because people want to be wealthy. People want to travel. People want to be around nice women like it does sell right it's like primal desires wealth health or sex those are the key things that you should have in your marketing right if you want it to sell and convert all yeah they're all indicators of high status you're desirable to women that's high status you have wealth that's high status you are an authority of an audience that's high status you have freedom you know like you have confidence all these things because the way the way it works, man, is like, and I don't think people really. It's like it's like there's this whole game being played, and no one really knows they're in the game, and they don't know how to get to the top. They don't even know like where the top is. It's like there is a pyramid like this, and like you are trying to get to the top of the pyramid. The top of the pyramid is celebrities, and the bottom of the pyramid is a lower class. People in the lower class have a lot less likelihood of surviving and thriving and having access to good resources. The higher you are to the top, the more likely you are to thrive and survive and the better resources you have access to. Mm. If, if the world's going to shit and everyone's going to die, I guarantee you that the celebrities have a better chance of living than me or you do. They got the most money, the most relationships, the most connections, the most everything. And ultimately, once you have your physical needs met, you have water, you have shelter, you have food, there's really no logical point in doing anything else. Hmm. Why would you do anything else? It's all for status. It's all for better access to better resources. Yeah, I, I was pondering on this thought last weekend. I did a big talk to a lot of coaches about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's what you're referring Great to. Great example. That's to a degree, like the that's was, one hierarchy. That's yeah, hierarchy yeah. Of needs. I'm talking about social hierarchy. There's also corporate hierarchy. There's mm, economic hierarchy. Of course. There's, but if you go into like, so you've got probably five things in the pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And then the bottom, yeah. like you said, you've got um, shelter, food, water. Then you've got security, and you've got relationships um, and, and love. And then it goes up a level, and it's like fulfillment and um, living out, yeah, self-actualization, living out your full purpose. And I kind of think that's what draws us to the top of wanting to go to the top of the pyramid. But what you said about status and celebrity, it, it protects the bottom layers of those things and increases the level of quality. So better quality food, better quality health care, better quality homes and securities. You can build castles and fortresses and so no one can get to you. It's like, yeah. When you get up those ranks of status, you have more of the access to the hierarchy of needs and, and protection effectively from everything else. Yeah. And it's like people people look up to people who have higher status. You know, I don't know. I used to study pickup pickup artist stuff. I don't know if you know what that is. The game. Neil the game. Yeah, I used to study that. And a lot of that stuff that they did was all demonstrating higher status and higher demonstrating value is what they call it. And it's like, don't walk up to a woman in like a weird zigzag and like sketch out when you talk to her, like in a weird, like, hey, like, be like, hey, you know, confident. And like, the the thing is like coaches online are doing that sketchy zigzag weird hey sometimes. 
And it's like, they don't know because they don't understand what's high status and what isn't high status. And that's the difference is like, when you look at influencers and what they're doing, everything looks perfect. They're attractive. They're in shape. They're confident. They're good storytellers. They take pictures when they're traveling, they're doing things other people can't do. They have all these desirable traits, which make them high status. You know, celebrities are, like I said, like the pinnacle of that, like their lives are crazy. They make crazy money. They're crazy famous. Everyone knows them. They have huge audiences. Like people literally, you can't even stand next to one of them. You got to take a picture of them. It's like so high status. And I think there are, the thing that makes someone high status is behavior. Mm. It's a behavior thing. And also I think that there's a link between high status and attention. So like, uh, I don't know if you listen to rap music or if you're familiar with uh, some of these newer rappers like Takashi Six Nine. Yeah, and uh, you know him. Yeah, I've heard of these. Like, heard of you these know Riff Raff. No, but these you know are, Hulk these are Hogan, new guys. The, rap, the wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what's up with that dude? Dude looks crazy, hmm. right? Takashi Six Nine looks like a goddamn clown. He's got a rainbow grill. He's got rainbow hair. He's got the word you know the letter six nine uh the number six nine tattooed all over his entire body like everywhere he looks crazy and he's wearing like a clown costume and it's like why would a person do that you know i watched this documentary on on uh national geographic one time about this monk about monkeys and, and hierarchy and it was basically like there was this monkey that was so ugly all the other monkeys could not stop looking at it and because they couldn't stop looking at it it became like the alpha male it but, became like the highest status monkey in the group because everyone couldn't stop looking at it. Now, now you could like go back to the game and Neil Strauss and peacocking. Peacocking. It's the same thing, man. It's the I, same call thing. It the, I call it the ugly monkey theory. Yeah. It's like the ugly monkey effect. It's like, if you can get someone to look at you, that's good. And like a lot of people think that's bad. And it's like these rappers, they do they have tattoos all over their face. Like, why would someone get an ice cream cone tattooed on their face? Why would they do that? And you look at all of them and they're all the same way because they're all competing against each other to stand out. And it's like a really extreme example of what that effect looks like. And, you know, I find myself sometimes looking at these people and being like, I'm on their Instagram for like 10 minutes. Like, what the hell is wrong with this person? Like, why are they doing that? And then I'm like, oh my God, they have my attention. And then it's like, they have 14 million followers in a year and you wonder why. And it's because everyone's talking about them, showing other people them, man, that's authority. Like that's, there's, there's power in that because if everyone's looking at them and they drop an album, like people are going to buy it. Like people are going to know about it. People are going to talk about it. It's going to create buzz. And so I think there's so much of this social human aspect to business that is very uh overlooked you know like mm -hmm. the deep psychology like cognitive biases psychological triggers human nature hierarchy the way that people prioritize other people in their life i think that's really where a lot of the really deep secrets like actually actually are mm -hmm. you know and I think people give you glimpses of it. Gary Vaynerchuk's like, attention, attention, attention. We're in the attention economy. You need to get attention. And that's all he says. But, you know, the dude's clearly a character. Yeah, he's very, very polarizing. He swears. 
a lot. He uses language to cut through the noise. But <laughs> you, you, um, you triggered like something in me then that I remember uh, that I heard about Drake. And um, you may have heard of like the little brother theory where, mm-hmm. and I'll explain it, it'll make complete sense because you do know about it, maybe just not the term. But if you look at Drake, Drake is killing it, right? He had, he had more he had more um hit records in the charts than the Beatles destroyed everyone and is literally He's just putting man. out banger after banger after banger now the cool thing about drake is it's not just drake drake isn't just putting out bangers on his own he's also looking down as a big brother at the little younger people coming up through the ranks who are coming up with new generations of people and he is then giving them features. So then yeah. he's penetrating that attention down below because like people that are younger than us are going to like things that we don't necessarily like because we like Drake up here, right? Yeah. We like Drake, but then these youngsters <clears throat> might like, um, I think it's like little Uzi or like, like these new people that you're Uzi talking Vert, about. Yeah. Uzi Vert, right? And so what, what Drake is doing is he's penetrating those sub generations by piggybacking on the younger dudes who are are different and who you'd listen to them and go, I don't fuck with that. And Drake understands that people will at that level and that age bracket because people want different. They want different to what their brother's listening to. They want the younger, the Mm. new stuff. And if it's weird, it doesn't matter because they just want different. And it could sound horrible, but it's different to what their big brothers are listening to. And it's the same thing. These people might seem like bizarre when you look at them because you're at Drake's level. Like, this is what you like. And then you look down and go, I don't get that. That's weird to me. But then other people really like it because it's different. Totally, man. And yeah, I see even Tory Lanez doing that. It's like they're it's like they're jacking their clout. They're blown up. They have all the attention. It's like these big people are like riding their wave as well. It's really interesting, man. There's a, there's a lot to this whole dynamic thing. It's really, really deep, complicated topic, I think. And I think it's something that people should really seriously look into because I think it's like the fabric of, of human, of what humans are doing. Like ultimately, everyone, everyone's in the human business. We're all in the people business. And if you can't figure out what motivates someone to follow someone or deposit money from their bank account into your bank account or to get them to change their diet or whatever you're going to have a very hard time being successful. And that's really where the focus should be. It's not, you know, on what's the best sales funnel. It's like, dude, why does a funnel even work? What do you like? What are the words you're using to persuade someone to take money out of their wallet and literally give it to you? You know, and it's crazy to think that, you know, these higher level people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins didn't very intentionally create a character out of themselves. Like they did, they're not, no one is just born that way. Like they definitely accentuated specific character traits hundred percent to make themselves stand out. They're not dumb. And like, I do the same thing. And I think that those people never talk about it. They're like, get attention. It's like, Gary Vaynerchuk's like, I'm just loud. I'm just like irreverent. I'm just like, a, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, dude, you're like, you know, that works and you're accentuating it. Yeah. You, you turning up the amplifier. It's real, but yeah, you're amplifying certain qualities and maybe you're turning down other qualities to fit into a certain archetype. 
because you know I study I study television, I study screenwriting, I study movies, and I study character development through that process. And it's interesting. It's like those people, yeah, they're they're amplifying certain things, they're turning down other things. But when you watch a TV show, the reason why you fall in love with the character so much is because they fit into an archetype so well. And the thing is, there's archetype tests. Carl Jung is like very well known for like kind of coining this whole thing. And you can look it up, like archetype test, archetype quiz online, find out what type of archetype you fit into most. And then you can just shift your personality a little bit to being even more like that. So if you're a rebel, if you're more rebellious, you know, maybe you start telling stories about times that you were a rebel and how that fits into your business and like how you can kind of be a little irreverent, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk is kind of like irreverent, you know, and kind of, you know, if you like gave someone, you know, money on the street, like maybe just don't talk about that or something like, you know, just talk about the things that align with the archetype and turn those up and just don't worry about the other things. It doesn't mean that they're not part of you, but it's like, if you're going to be memorable, you need to be memorable for specific things. You need to be known for specific things. And I think that definitely takes work because ultimately, you know, people have done good things and bad things. People are nice and people are happy and sad sometimes, you know, you're not always happy. You're not, you know, but like you want to be known for certain things. Mm. and it, it's okay to do that it is parallels between what you said there with like the archetypes and personality and, and like picking a group of people that you're going to service so it's like totally. niching down so it's, it's the same principle as niching down and just like picking um a group of people that, that you're going to appeal to and then you learn their language you learn what their triggers are their pain points their desired situation the the terminology that they use and it's, it's the same thing, right? You, you're going like very deep into like one thing so that you can cut through the noise. Because if you're too vanilla, then like no one's going to hear you shouting in the audience because there's just so many people screaming. Um, yeah, and it's great. Like earlier, what you said about the copywriting, I think copywriting is a, is a great entry point for all of this. You know, once you start learning about copywriting, it's like, man, you're going to, fall down the rabbit hole of psychology really quick with influence and psychological triggers and all the different things. And you're going to be like, whoa, people are very weird. Like the way your mind works is very, very bizarre, man. You know, I'm sure you know, but it's just like, it's absolutely insane. I, I question all the time whether or not people even have free will, like with all the cognitive biases and like psychological triggers and like every, all the like lenses and perceptions and beliefs that people create. It's like, you make so many decisions like almost automatically. Mm. And then I, like, as you start looking at yourself, you're like, man, that was like almost an automatic response. That's not what I meant. And you kind of like separate yourself from that. And you're like, whoa, lots of what I do is like actually automatic. I think something that's very, very interesting is like, if I took your phone and you took my phone and we looked at what was in both of our phones there would both be two completely different worlds that we'd see. Say we opened up Instagram and I opened up my Instagram based yeah. on like our habitual um, behaviors and our likes and our interests, we're forming uh, our own reality of the world and it's getting very, very one dimensional. And when yeah. you're buried in the phone, you're just getting served more and more of the same thing over Confirmation and over again. Bias. Yeah, and then it just gets smaller and smaller, and then you believe that that is the view. And I think in elections and 
with the the whole Trump thing, this is kind of what happened. Whereas like the viewpoint just narrowed and people saw less and less and they were served more and more of certain things they were liking out and creating a, a reality within their phone that they believed was the only reality. That shit is very interesting. Did, did the government, like, they understand mass hysteria and persuasion like nobody else? I don't even want to go into it right now. It's so fucking crazy. I'll probably sound like a whack job on this podcast. But have you ever read the book Win Bigly? No. You should check it out, Good. man. It's all, about, it's all about how Donald Trump won the election. It's a, it's a very unbiased book. And how he used cognitive bias to put the entire country in cognitive dissonance and, like, basically mass hypnotized the country into like voting for him and like how he positioned himself and how he spoke about things and why he's, he's actually a genius, man. It's he's a master crazy. marketer. Just like, just like anyone like Conor McGregor, the MMA fighter, master marketer with leveraging platforms. Well, he's doing that whole ugly, ugly monkey thing. Yeah. Yeah. Conor McGregor. Yeah, Donald exactly. Trump is like, doing debates like it like um if you watch on youtube there's a channel called charisma on command and i'll i'll tell people about this so they can look it up because there's two things that are really interesting that will change your perception on on people and characters like nothing else there's one video these people charisma on command made about Dwayne the rock johnson Mm. And there's like a video of him 10 years ago and how he was in interviews. And he was like this really shy guy. He was well known then, but he was really shy and like, you know, very straight to the point. And like, now he's like super famous, very charismatic. He's like probably one of the most famous people in the world. Um, he's fam more famous than the Kardashians. And it's like, he's very charismatic. He tells jokes. He like, he won't just give you an answer. He'll like delay it and like tease it out for a long time. Like he does all these things and they put together this like 10 minute video showing before and after, and they break down all the psychology of the things that he learned how to do with his personality. Cause it's a, it's a YouTube channel about charisma. And there's another one too, where they break down Donald Trump's debates where like, he was like, they would corner him like, oh, Donald Trump, isn't it true that you like sexually assaulted a woman? And he's like, only Rosie O'Donnell. And like makes a joke about it and everyone laughs and everyone just immediately forgets the question that was asked. Hmm. It's like, that's persuasion. Like that could have ended his, that could have ended his campaign right there. Isn't it true you sexually assaulted a woman? Like he just makes a joke. Everyone laughs and forgets about it. I was like, dude, what? I was like, literally like, that is like insane right there that that like that was nuts and there's so many examples of that if you watch his elections and watch people who understand psychology break down his answers and how he responds and how he positions himself all the time expert at positioning man expert at branding it's absolutely insane people think he doesn't know what he's saying he knows exactly what he's saying it's crazy mm. Yeah, it's fascinating. I did watch the documentary of his rise into into office. I, I've always like, don't know if the word admire is how I describe it, but I'm maybe it is. But I've always like looked at him from a young age because he had all his books, the the real estate books before he became yeah. in office, and and I and he dropped a little hint like probably a decade ago that he would be the president. 
And Dozens I was like, times. Yeah, he drops it a lot, doesn't he? He drops those little hints. And even He's like, oh, was, I don't think I will. I don't think I will unless I have to. Yeah, and there was even something in The Simpsons where they depicted it of him being the president. And I was reading his books as like an 18-year-old kid. And I was like, Crazy. imagine if this guy was in power. The world would be great because look at him. He's a successful, uh, ultra-wealthy person. All he's going to do is create wealth for everyone. It would be great if he was in power. And, he's, and he just said a couple of subtle cues like way, way before he'd ever gone down that and path. He was like 20. Yeah. yeah he is already manifesting that and thinking of that destination way before he got there, which he is super lose, interesting. Man. No, he, he, he is a tyrant. He's literally, ugh, he is very, very powerful, if not the most powerful person in the world. Yeah, when he won the election, I was like, <clears throat> this, there's nothing this two can't do. I mean, it, like, he's just done everything. I'm like, dude, you're just like a multi-billionaire. You're like a celebrity on TV shows. You like crafted. You should read the book, Win Bigly, man, if you're interested in this stuff. It's fascinating. Cause it's written by a person who's like a trained hypnotist and he studies like psychological biases and stuff like that. And it breaks down like everything Donald Trump did and like why he's the way that he is and like how smart he actually is. And like, it's fucking crazy, dude. Mm. It'll blow your mind. It's a uh, great I'll, audio. I'll check too. it out. I've dropped it in the comments for anyone listening on Facebook, but uh, I want to bring it back around. We've kind of done this podcast in reverse. Generally I start it by, like setting the stage, the context as to you and your journey and what you've done. We didn't really yeah. go into that because obviously your, your marathon and uh, the unique situation that, that you're in right now with these podcasts. But I want to give people um, kind of an insight into you as well because you started off as a trainer, right? As a personal trainer. Is that right? That was, par- that was part of it. Yeah, that was part of it. But I'd like to hear kind of like the, the, the journey that you went through from being where you were to now having multiple seven figure businesses, one of which I believe you exited at the yeah. age of 23, 24. So yeah, just tell us about that for anyone who's intrigued, like who, who is Ross Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. So my story is basically like, I, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Um, you know, money is a big conversation in my, in my family's house. Like, you know, like we're going to lose the house. Uh, we don't know if we have money for school lunch. Like, you know, stuff like that. And so I took responsibility from like a really young age when I was like 12. And I was like, yeah, I'm just not going to ask you guys for money. I'm going to like basically sell Italian ice and ice cream and work at a candle store and deliver pizzas and deal drugs and sell skateboards and everything, man. I dug up clams for a living. Like I was an oyster farmer. Then I became a personal trainer. Then I became a photographer. Then I built online courses and they failed. And then I started a blog and a YouTube channel and I wrote a book and I started a digital magazine and then I became a productivity coach. And then I started a web design agency and everything failed, man. You know, uh, and somewhere in between that time, I, I, I read the book Four hour work week. And I was like, man, yeah, book. I was like, man, online business is definitely the focus. I didn't really think about it before then it was all kind of in person and I was like, that's definitely the focus. So like I said, I tried a lot of stuff. You know, I did become a personal trainer. I followed this guy, Ido Portal for a while. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he's like a, I don't want to say gymnastics. He's like a movement person from Israel. Hmm. He ended up like uh, moving across the country and like training with one of his top people. And I got super involved in it. So one thing about me is like, when I do something, I go all in. So like, 
I've moved across the country several times just to be in the same town as a mentor that I wanted to learn from without even telling them. I'm like, I'm just going to move near this person and like go to their gym and like befriend them and like do free photography here and like see if I can do stuff for them and like get around them and like befriend them and like try to like get in their space. I've done it several times. And so that's probably something unusual. Uh, like I, I've slept on, I've slept outside in Walmart parking lots and tents. I've slept on floors. I lived in a crack house one time accidentally on my way up. Like I found out Craigslist and then I got in so much debt that I couldn't leave. And so like, <laughs> I just have a crazy story, man. I've just done all the shit. And ultimately, you know, I failed so many times that, uh, and I kept putting in the work that eventually I just kept narrowing down the variables. And after like four years, four or five years of really trying super hard to have an online business mm -hmm. from like 18 to like 23, 24, I was like, all right, something needs to like change. And this is like when I met my first partner and we were like, all right, neither of our businesses are working. Let's just find something that works. Instagram growth was what we chose. We knew people were buying it for like a thousand dollars a month. So we just started doing that became like the best at it. Like we really put in the word to get like the best at it. And like one of my strategies for doing that was find the best people in the industry, pay them all for an hour of their time, ask them the same 20 questions on what I should be focusing on, write them all down, find the similarities and then like figure out what I need to focus on. And then like go super hard learning about them. So I did that and became super good at it. Uh, basically took four months to get a client, got my first client for $2,000 a month, got a mentor. Uh, they helped me focus on like put out a webinar and do some different things. Um, then within the next 12 months, I made a million dollars. So it was a seven figure business in like 16 months or 17 months. Um, Grew that, got a Forbes article. Uh, Forbes article, actually super lucky thing. Got ranked number one for Instagram growth on Google for like a year. Ooh, Made me wow. over a million dollars in organic free traffic. People would just go to there, type in my website, go to my website, buy right from my website. Got hundreds of customers. Worked with like some celebrities, worked with some billionaires. Um, I grew a lot of the Instagram growth. You know, a lot of the people who have Instagram growth courses out right now, like I grew their accounts. It's actually kind of funny. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, eventually like I knew that the Instagram thing wasn't going to last forever because it was building a business on, you know, rented land. Instagram's an app. Mm. It's not going to be there forever, which means the business isn't going to be there forever. And I'm not about to just like sleep on a million dollars a year in revenue. Um, I was like, I got to build another business quick. So I built a, another business, which was, uh, you know, we used to be a trainer and, I worked in a gym for a period of time and I had to learn sales and no one taught me that. And so I had a really hard time. And so once I did the agency, I was like, Oh, I have this great story. This is the positioning and branding thing around personal training. So we'll build a business on helping personal trainers go online and do sales because no one ever taught me how to do that. And I had such a hard time with being a personal trainer. I really understood the customer. So we started with that. Then we moved into all coaches. That business was seven figures in 12 months. Um, first 12 months. That was called Online Coach Accelerator. And yeah, I ran that business with the same partner. She was my ex-girlfriend. Um, and when we split, I sold her the business. And so that was like a year ago. And since then, 
uh, I don't have my agency anymore either. We, we got rid of that as well. So um, both of those businesses, they're in the past. And now for the past like year, I just been developing my own brand because originally she was the face. So we spent a lot of our resources investing into her brand and helping her build her thing. And like, you know, it's kind of good to have like one face of the company sometimes singular. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of the background stuff and very systems oriented, very good at scaling. Um, so we had good roles, but now it's just me and it's great. Cause I get to go be, you know, the face of the company. So I've been, you know, branding and all this character stuff and doing, you know, little stunts like 24 hour, 24 podcasts. And it's all fun. You know, I get to go be the face, which, uh, you know, I've done kind of before, but like, and I know how to do it, but it's like, it's fun to go do it. And it's my company, all mine. And, you know, I'm, I'm teaching people now the business model that I use to grow that company, uh, online coach accelerator. So it was an online course with coaching added in. And that business was like, ultimate freedom, maybe millions of dollars, super high profit, basically barely had to work. And so now out of like doing coaching, one-on-one coaching, group coaching, agency, online courses, I'm like, man, online courses are the best business model for freedom. If that's what you're into and uh, profit and impact because it's so scalable. So now I'm teaching people how I did that, basically how I built OCA, how I was able to build an online course, take, create a proven method, put it into an online course and like scale it to seven figures. And, um, with just adding a little bit of coaching onto it. So that's really what I'm focused on helping people do now. Awesome, man. That's a crazy story. (laughs) Yeah. You, you, you sound like my background to a degree where I tried loads of things. Yeah. It's like, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this, I'll do that. And then you're like, fuck, I've done like 20 things already. And I'm like- I had shiny that. object syndrome, man. Yeah, I think I think everyone suffers from that to a degree until you lock you lock onto something. You're like, all right, I need to like double down on this thing. But you kind of, the mission is to try and find that thing that you want to lock in on. I think that's the hardest thing because a lot of people yeah. just chase the the money. Oh, what's hot right now? What is easy to make money with? Whereas like, you've got to be able to stick it out and put in hours and hours and hours and hours of work. And if you hate the fucking work you're doing, you ain't going to stick around long enough to get an ROI in your investment of time, energy and resources. So it's like, I agree, just as important finding something that you want to do. So yeah. And just one more thing I want to say on that is like, for me, that was definitely something that I thought about, but also I wasn't solving a problem with any of my other business ideas because they were just my passions. And I think there's something when people follow their passion, it can get, it can become slippery. Follow your passion, but always make sure you're solving a problem for people. Cause I was, man, I was like, I'm going to start a Chinese herbalism course and like, everyone's going to love it. <laughs> people aren't into that shit, you know, and they don't pay a lot of money for it. And I didn't know how to market it. And like, it just didn't work. <laughs> You know, so I wasn't solving a real problem. And once I started solving a real problem, um, that was when things took off for me. Yeah, well said. It's it's not just about passion. It's like finding something that you enjoy that does fix a painful problem in the market because yeah. then you'll get compensated relative to the pain that you're fixing. Um, that's cool, man. I appreciate you've got uh, another show to get to in what? Uh, like eight minutes? Yeah, something like that. So um, 
yeah, fucking been great chatting to you, man. Uh, yeah, very likewise. interesting. Didn't expect it to go on these different tangents of politics and popular culture and status and influence. Um, what's next for you then? What's the the next year look like for you, 2020? What's on the horizon? Yeah, I spent all last year building the programs and the systems and the team and the company and the brand. So it's just all about scaling this year, all about attention. Get to go be the face, get on YouTube, get on podcasts, get on everything, man. Everywhere. I'll be everywhere this year. Nice. So to attention, growth yeah, hacking just, attention. Are you doing anything on YouTube right now? No, but I will next month. Okay. Because we're below up on YouTube. Yeah, we're about to get into YouTube roll ads because, like, YouTube ads are hot right now as well. Because, yeah. like, you can get your face in front of people, and not pay a dime if they don't watch a full thirty seconds. You literally get free marketing on YouTube. Wow, right now. a lot of exposure, and it's, it's a very killer, good platform. Man. Yeah, it's killer. I spend a lot traffic. of time there. Yeah, it's good. It's seriously good because people people can find you. People can't find you on Facebook. No, because there's no, you don't search on Facebook. You literally just go to your connections or you scan the feed of or who's already in the network or who you already follow, unless you're adding people constantly. So, yeah, I see that. I see how YouTube is such a good platform, but it, it does require more investment, higher production, more time yeah. editing. There's a lot more it's a that goes into job. It. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into building a, a YouTube channel. That one that's like doesn't look like dog shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm waiting. In. I'm going to Puerto Rico next month, and that's one of my biggest focuses. Nice man, awesome. Yeah. So, want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, it's been great chatting to you. I've put some links in here. We've got uh, at Ross Johnson on Instagram. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and um, we'll include any of the show notes that I think your assistant sent over uh, when this goes out in a couple of weeks. But I uh, just want to thank you, man, for coming on, and I hope the rest of your your podcast go well. Yeah, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on. It was it was a good it was a good chat. All right, awesome, dude. You take care. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy it, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a short review on one of the platforms. And if you're a personal trainer in a commercial gym with 500 plus members and you want to fast track your income growth and learn how to sign multiple new clients a week, reach out to me personally through Facebook or Instagram and just drop me a private message so we can get the conversation started and see if you could be a good fit for one of our programs. All the links to my social can be found in the show notes so we can connect there. See you next week.